Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Tonight, Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players in RKO Radio Pictures' delightful comedy, Gildersleeve's Bad Day. It stars Harold Perry in his famous screen and radio character, The Great Gildersleeve, supported by his well-known cast of characters. The Lady Esther Screen Guild Players in Gildersleeve's Bad Day. eventually to all good men and true, there comes now to certain citizens of Summerfield the call. Got a summons for you. Jury duty. Tomorrow morning. Judge Hooker's court. It's the case of the state versus Louis Barton, who was caught while robbing the First National Bank. And the sum of Louis' faithful pals, the impending trial spell double trouble. They see the afternoon paper rails. They give Louis the whole front place. Did he know they're going to get him towed? Unless they do something. Like what? Well, we'll write this letter I took up today. Listen, Toad, get out of this. Dear sir, if you can persuade yourself and the other jury that Louis Barton is not guilty, there will be $1,000 in United States currency delivered to you immediately after Louis is sprung. Signed, Anonymous. Oh. Gonna send it to one of the jurors, huh? Well, Matt, Matt. Yeah, but which one? Suppose we pick the wrong character, and he's ethical, but instead of putting us where Louie is. We will pick the wrong one. I got the jury list right here. Hmm, let's see. This is TV. No, no, he owns the drugstore. He probably don't need the dough. Oh. Look, Henry Potter? Yeah, no. He won't be thinking of money. The paper says he's getting married tonight. Uh, now, here's a name. Here's a name. Trust Martin P. Gilders, please. What's going to... Are you kidding? Yes, what it says here. Trust Martin P. Don't Gilders. Don't go no further, Al. I heard enough. Well, any guy with a label like that, I'll bet eight to one that guy's our kidney. Besides, they found poison in the food. Enough poison to kill everybody in the house. And they proved an innocent man had been wrongly convicted. What do you say to that? Mr. Gillespie, do you want Ed Boyle? Uh, yes, please, Bertie. Then there's the case of State versus Minnie Hoffberger, Boston, 1923. Minnie was accused of throwing her husband out of a third-story window. He lit on a pile of coal. Out of coal. That's beside the point, Bertie. It was a pile of coal. I mean eggs, Mr. Gillespie. Oh, the eggs. <laughs> About four minutes, Bertie. If you can do it in three, so much the better. Morning, Uncle Mort. Well, good morning, Leroy. Now, Bertie, we we'll continue. A letter for you, Uncle. It's in the mailbox. Letter? Thank you, my boy. Let's see. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. The defendant was on the stand undergoing cross-examination. Isn't it true that you discussed the possibility of murdering your husband? Huh? Well, isn't it? Just a guilty buying in marriage. Answer the question. Answer the question, yes or no? No, no, sir. Your witness, sir. Mine? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, she may step down. Mr. Gillespie, I ain't even up. <laughs> hey, Al, you're not going to be the district attorney in this trial. You're just going to be a juror. Be quiet, Leroy, quiet. Besides, what's more important than a juror? Especially one with my legal background. Well, I 
Yes, the background's pretty important when all you have to do is sit. Yep. <laughs> That's beside the point, Leroy. And furthermore... Somebody's honking outside. Uncle Morse, Jack Hooker and your share of the ride group are waiting out front. They are? Oh, uh, Bertie, never mind the eggs. Just pour me a slice of toast. I mean, slice me a cup of coffee. Oh, forget it. I'll go along as I am. In your bathroom? I promise I'd be ready with... Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Silly me. My coat's in the hall. Here, Marjorie, I'll leave this robe with you. Good idea, Uncle Morse. I plan to send it to the cleaners today. Oh, I'll have to rush. Goodbye, everybody. And wish me luck. Why should we have to wish him luck? Uncle Morse's not on trial. No, but the trial isn't over yet. Now, sir, your name is Louis Barton. Well, uh... I object. What for object? Now, look, Gildersleeve, you're just a juror. Your Honor, he was asking a leading question. Quiet. In Section 364 of the Penal Code, it specifically states... Quiet, Rock Morton, and sit down. No, goat. Prosecutor will continue. Oh, thank you, Your Honor. Now, then, will the defendant please tell the court his name? My name's Louis Barton. And your occupation? Explosives engineer. Oh, I see. <laughs> I see. And, uh, of course, that accounts for your position of a bottle of nitroglycerin when arrested in the alley back of the First National Bank on the night of... I object! Your Honor, this is too much. Is this juror acting as defense counsel, too? If it pleases your honor. But your honor, it's not been proved that the defendant had nitroglycerin in his possession. And the bottle in question has not been introduced as evidence. According to Section 300... Back, Martin Gildersleeve, you will return to your seat and listen to the evidence, or this court will find you in contempt. But Horace, at your honor... Get down! Yes, sir. The attorney will proceed. They're hanging an innocent man. You think Uncle Mort will be on the jury very long? Not if the jury has anything to say about it. <laughs> Gee, I hope they'll be free soon, Marge. We need him to help us raise money for the canteen fund. Mm-hmm. Uncle's done better than anyone. He got Mrs. Hastings to pledge a thousand dollars. She's going to send it over tomorrow. Gee, that's well a thousand bucks. And what we raised at the dance and on the program and our home front drive. Home front drive? What's that? That was Mary Ellen's idea. You see, you go to the butcher and the grocer and people like that, and you say, we think you ought to give 10% of all the business you get from us this week. You can raise a lot of money that way. Why don't you just get a gun? <laughs> you don't be serious for charity. Here, help me take this bundle for the cleaners. Uncle Mort's blue suit and his brown suit and his cutaway. <laughs> he hasn't worn that since Hoover was elected. <laughs> well, you can't tell. The Republicans might win again someday. <laughs> his sport coat, his gray suit. Hey, that gray suit was just cleaned last week. Silly boy, don't be petty. Another cleaning won't hurt it a bit. Smoking jacket, bathrobe. Oh, hold it, Mars. Something just dropped out of the bathrobe pocket. Look, a letter. I wonder... Don't you dare open that letter, Leroy. Yeah, I wouldn't open it. It's open already. <laughs> was wearing his robe at breakfast. Leroy. Well, after all, it might be important and he might have forgotten it in the rush and being tied up in the jury. He might want us to... <clears throat> Holy smoke. What's the matter? Get a load of this. If you can persuade this from the other jurors that Louis Barton is not guilty, see, somebody's trying to bribe Uncle Moore. Why, that's ridiculous. No, it's anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> He's offering 
thousand bucks. A thousand or a million. It wouldn't do any good. And, Leroy, you can just forget that letter. Uncle Mort is as honest as the day is long. He'll be the first one to set that crook to jail. Sure he will, Marge. Sure he will. I hope. I'm sorry, gentlemen, but I must be honest with myself. I find I'm still forced to vote not guilty. Oh, Gilbert, Gilbert, leave we're 11 to 1 for conviction. After all, man, the evidence. The evidence is purely circumstantial. I'll leave it to Mr. Peavy here. Oh, that's that. <laughs> man was caught right there in the bank. That makes no difference. Anybody might walk into a bank, even me. This fellow is simply a victim of circumstances. And I have to say that he's already served three terms for robbery. This has nothing to do with the case, Peavy. Remember, there were no fingerprints. There was no loot found on his person. No corpus delecta. Oh, Gildersleeve, you don't know what you're talking about. We're 11 to 1. Now vote for conviction and let's get out of here. Mr. Potter, this is a matter of justice. That's what I say, huh? Got to get back to my drugstore. Peavy, you can get somebody else to take care of your drugstore. Yes, but what about me? I was married last night. What about my wife? <laughs> Anybody else got any questions? <laughs> Any decision yet? Uh, not yet, Bailiff. We're still tied up. It's midnight, gents. You gonna stay out all night? We will if Jeffersleeve has his way. It's after two, gents. You gonna be much longer? Well, I wouldn't say too much longer, Bailiff. I think we're beginning to see eye to eye. What's the idea, Bailiff? It's three in the morning. Oh, it's your sleeping, huh? All right, all right. I'll get dressed and come over. Gentlemen of the jury, have you arrived at a verdict? We have, Your Honor. We find the defendant not guilty. Did you say not guilty? Mm-hmm. That's right, Judge. Very well. The defendant is discharged. Thanks, Your Honor. Thanks, fellas. Gentlemen, I don't have to tell you my opinion of this verdict. How 12 men could so utterly disregard the evidence. We want to convict him, Judge, but Gildersleeve convinced us of a reasonable doubt. Oh, Gildersleeve. Well, I'm convinced of a reasonable doubt myself. Oh, are you, Horace? Are you really? Yes, a reasonable doubt of my own sanity in ever having let you serve as a juror in this court. That's all, gentlemen. Jury is dismissed. Well, we done it, Louis. We done it, all right. Oh, what do you mean? Told me we sprung you. We got down to that rap. Huh? Yeah, sure, sure. That guy on the jury killed us, Lee. We got to him hard land. <laughs> that's why he held out. Yeah, that's why it took us so long. Yeah. No kidding. Well, boys, that was swell. And your pal Louis ain't gonna... Fi- Where'd you get the grand? Oh, I was just promising to him. Yeah, sure, sure. We never had no real intention. Hey, now, wait a minute. You say you promised the guy a grand? Yeah. Then the guy gets a grand. Louis, are you nuts? No, I'm ethical. The guy did like you told him, didn't he? He kept his part of the deal, didn't he? So we keep ours. Louis Putton ain't no welcher. But we ain't got the grand. So we get a grand. It's early yet, and I know just the spot. But Louie, you just got out of one rap. You heard me. I said Louie Barton ain't no welcher. Now, pipe down, both of you. 
and get out the tools. Second act of the Lady Esther Screen Guild play will follow in a moment. Now, a word from Lady Esther. Women who have tried Lady Esther Bridal Pink Face Powder tell me it's the most useful and flattering shade I've ever achieved. They tell me they can actually see the years slip away, can see themselves become ten years younger looking. I'd like you to try Bridal Pink for the first time on one cheek only. Compare it with any shade you've ever used. See the difference for yourself. See the fresh, young look it gives your skin. The soft, warm look. Like the blush of a bride's young cheek. Lady Esther Bridal Paint is intensely flattering to almost every skin it touches. Whether your hair is blonde, brown, auburn, or black, Bridal Paint will instantly make you look more vital and alive, more youthful. Yes, and more daringly romantic. Lady Esther Face Powder is made differently. It's blown by the tremendous force and speed of hurricanes. And it's so highly pulverized that it's light and cool as a summer breeze on your face. It clings four hours and longer, completely covering tiny lines and blemishes. And the color is so vibrant, so alive. Even your eyes light up. Your lips look more entrancing. Ask your dealer for Lady Esther's Bridal Pink Face Powder. Except no other powder, no other shade. So remember, only Lady Esther Bridal Pink can give you that radiant look, that happy, confident look, that look of a woman in love. The second act of Gildersleeve's Bad Day, starring Harold Perry as the Great Gildersleeve. Well, it's later the same morning, considerably later, and glowing with a little sleep and a righteous sense of beauty well done. Throckmorton Gildersleeve comes down to breakfast. Well, good morning, everybody. Beautiful morning. Good morning, Leroy. Good morning. And Marjorie, my dear, how are you this morning? I'm not quite sure. The papers say you set that criminal free last night. Uh-huh. Good to know that justice isn't always blind. I like to think... Uncle Mort, how could you? Yes, I... How could I what? A leading citizen, upright and respected, doing an awful thing like that. What are you talking about? Now you stone, Uncle. We saw the letter. Letter? What letter? What in the world are you... Red, Marge. Show it to him. Here it is, Uncle Morris. It was in the pocket of your bathrobe. Huh? Go on, read it. Yes, yes, read it. Uh, dear sir, if you can persuade yourself and the other jurors... But this isn't mine. I never saw this letter. Are you kidding? You opened it. You mean yesterday? That's right. I did open it. But I never read it. Don't you remember, my dear? The carpool came by and I left it in a rush. That's true, Marge. You did. Uncle Mort, you mean you never made a deal with this, with this person? Of course not. I held out for acquittal because I honestly believed the defendant was innocent. Oh, Uncle Mort, I'm so glad. Dear idea. You might at least have given me the benefit of the doubt. 
Just because you found that letter. Yeah, we're sorry, Uncle Mort. It hurt us, too. Yeah, well, next time, don't be so quick to judge. Excuse me. Yes, Bertie? Man just left his envelope for you. Well, thank you, Bertie. And you children needn't look so suspicious. I'll open it right now. Holy smoke! Honey! And $100 bill. And a note. Here is the money as promised. Oh, Uncle Mort. And we believed you. No, he wouldn't make a deal, not him. Now, just a moment, you two. You don't really think that... Oh, this is awful. Fantastic. It's the most... Wait a minute. I know. Yes, how do we? It's for Mrs. Hastings, for the canteen fund. She said she sent over a thousand today. Oh, that's it. Oh, Uncle Mort, I'm so sorry. Hold on to your hat. Here we go again. Leroy, this is no time for jokes. Once and for all, I want it plainly understood that I had nothing whatever to do with those crooks. We're really sorry. We apologize. Well, accept it. That leaves me only one thing to do. What? Take this money over to Judge Zucker's place. Isn't he chairman of the fund? I shouldn't even be talking to you this morning. After the way you acted last night... Now, Horace, that's not the right sort of attitude. I brought you a contribution to the canteen fund. A thousand dollars to Mrs. Hastings. Here you are. Oh? Well, in that case, I'm... Sorry, I've been so touchy, Gilda. Not getting any sleep and all. Sure, Horace, it's your old age. I understand, dear. Put this money in the safe, and I'll write you a receipt. Horace, uh, safe. Wouldn't it be better in the bank? Why? Well, I mean, that safe doesn't look very rugged to me. Oh, nonsense, Gildy. Guaranteed to be burglar-proof. Got a thousand of my own money in here. Oh. Yeah. I just put this envelope in my, um... In the... Hey, that's funny. Oh? What's the matter, Horace? Anything wrong? 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 Why, you simpering idiot, I've been robbed. <laughs> Honestly, TV, you should have seen it. I thought Horace was going to blow a fuse. <laughs> I'll have another cup of coffee, please. And they tore off together. Yeah. Uh, were there any clues, Mr. Jellison? Clues? Oh, lots of fingerprints. But they were all Judge Hooker's. <laughs> I suggested they take Horace in on suspicion. Yeah, that's when he really got mad. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Well, they ought to take that money pretty easy. I understand the judge kept the record of all the numbers of the bills. Oh, really? Oh, it's only natural. There were big bills, I hear. Ten $100 notes. Ten $100. Good afternoon, Mr. Gildersleeve. Oh, hello, Mrs. Hester. And, Mr. Gildersleeve, how lucky for me. I was just going out to your place for this check. Check? Yes. For the canteen fund, a thousand dollars. Thousand dollars. Well, I promise it to you, don't you remember? Oh, yes, yes, I certainly. I thanks, Mrs. TV. Uh, Hastings. Thanks a lot. Thousand um, dollars. I got a rush now. A lot of things to do. We'll be seeing you sometime. Oh, brother, much obliged. Goodbye. <laughs> Such an odd man. But he must have so many things on his mind. Yeah, he is odd, all right, then, huh? Not too sure he's got a mind. (laughs) 
degree, it all adds up. If that thousand I got didn't come from Mrs. Hastings... It must have come from someone else. From those crooks. Right. They must have thought I was playing their little game with them. And they robbed Judge Hooker to pay you off. Oh, brother. That's what makes it so bad. Horace has the numbers of those stolen stones. And when he checks that money I took to him... You figure you're the one who robbed his face. Yes, you're in a spot. You could go to jail. Leroy. Don't mention that word. Oh, how do I get into these things? Must be a talent. Yes. Uncle Mort, what do you do? You can't deny you gave that money to Judge Hooker. No. And now it's in his face. You can't get it out. No. No? No. I can't, can I? I can't get it out. <laughs> what have you got to laugh about? I guess it's a strain. Come on, Roy. We've got to put him to bed. I can't get it out, can I? <laughs> Well, I did. Coming back to get that door again. You're positive Pat Joe Gildersleeve brought it back here, Al? Oh, yeah, yeah. After we left the grand of his house, you see, he came him over here. And we looked through the windows, and there he is, handing it over to the gym. See, it seems like a lot of waste the difference. Well, we want that safe once. We can do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's getting to be a habit, boy. Now, watch your step, though. There's a copper sitting out in front in that prowl car. The judge must ask for police protection. Yeah, he ain't it. I can hear that copper snoring clean up his head. Yeah, okay. Let's get in there. Hey, hey, what's that? What? Somebody coming out of that window. Jim, look. It's him. The same guy. Yeah. What's so guiltlessly? Pretty smart plant, all right. He turns over the door and then comes back in and lifts it. Only ain't gonna get away with it. Yeah, what are we gonna do? Take him for a ride. But we ain't got no car. So we get a car. You handle that, so leave the rest to me. Hello. Hello. Hello, headquarters. It's Judge Hooker. Yeah, I had a bad dream a few minutes ago. Woke me up, and I went into the den to get a book, and I... No, there was no police car out in front. If there was, I wouldn't be calling you. Who cares what happened to your old police car? Somebody robbed my safe again. Yes, keep your hands on the wheel, Patcho. Remember, there's three of us sitting back up here. Yeah, three of us. And a gun? <laughs> uh, where are you making me drive to, Jim? Oh, to a nice spot in the country, pal. Uh, is this trip absolutely necessary? <laughs> You know, well, I think we use the suicide routine on him. Uh, suicide? Yeah. You don't look too well anyway. Calling all cars. Calling all cars. Oh, this must be a police car. Now, ain't that interesting? Be on the lookout for police car 61. Police car 61. Stolen from in front of Judge Hooker's home. <laughs> and we could tell him where it is, too, you know? I hate that laugh. Uh, Hey, that's right, we could. We really could. Calling all cars. 
Calling hey, turn it off. That's so I heard enough. Be on the lookout for police car 61. Did you hear what I said? Police car 61. Hey, you. Huh? Oh, oh turn it off. Yes, yes, sir. Is there a switch on the dashboard? Yes, sir. I see it. It's got it right here. Cars. <laughs> now, they don't talk to us, and we don't talk to them. Yeah, of course not. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I'm Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, driving car 61. Hey, what's going on? Singing on the way to his funeral. Singing on the way to my funeral. I am Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, and I'm being taken for a ride. I am Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve, and soon I will be dead. That's why I sent for you. I'll tune in car 61 on the radio again. Now listen, Judge. Singing on the way to my own funeral, singing on the way to my grave. Uh, you know, fellas, when the police find out that you robbed Judge Booker's house two nights in a row, it's going to be pretty tough for you, Barton. Louis Barton. And how do you figure they'll find out, Mr. Gildersleeve? Gildersleeve. Oh, they'll find out all right. It's just there. Well, I am Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve on the beautiful Oak Post Road. The Oak Post Road. Come on, Judge. We gotta hurry. Well, I am Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. I'm a beautiful Oak Post Road. Going far, far away. Give him a that creature, that thing. I don't understand. Stop what he says. Thanks. And it won't be long now unless somebody helps me. Yeah, but a voice like that will work me. Surely he's got that microphone on. Hey! He's gonna be hitting every word we said. Stop the car, you. Stop the car. All right, brother, I will. No, don't cut that wheel, no. I was here in the hospital. Oh, Auntie, you're wonderful. You're terrific, Aunt. Yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't really anything at all. By the way, Horace, how are the three crooks? They'll live to do a nice long stretch. Great. Well, the Lord, I'll bet you voted to let that guy go just so you could round up his pal. Of course he did. I knew it all along. Well. <laughs> How about it, Doc Morton? Was that it? Well, everyone seems to be agreed. <laughs> and you know me, Horace. I always go along with the majority. 